Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Did you come expecting something? Well, glad to have our pastors back with us. They had a restful. Give them a hand this morning. They had a restful time sleeping, reading, praying, loving, whatever else they did on their vacation, seeing stuff. So glad to have them back. Are you expecting this morning? I'm going to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple and ask for alms. And fixing his eyes on them with John, Peter said, Look at us. And so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Our expectation is key where it comes to the things of God, especially as we come to the house of God. I read an Instagram post on Brother Copeland's network with Brother Keith Moore, and he said, God is always ready to do a miracle in every service. The key is expecting expecting it to happen. You may have heard it said that expectation creates an atmosphere for miracles. Did you come expecting this morning? Now this man was expecting to receive something from them. He was expecting. We got to come expecting. If you expect nothing, you'll get. But if you expect something, put your faith on something. And God will do it. Today is the day. Say, today Today. is my day. day. Turn to your neighbor and say, today Today. is your day. day. Now, Nikki and I were having a conversation (laughs) at Logan's Roadhouse on a Wednesday night after church. And we were talking about this Acts, this book of Acts. And what's the difference between what they were experiencing then and what we're experiencing now. A lot of people will say, well, Acts was for that day, for that time. But I declare to you that we're still writing the book of Acts. In fact, today, there will be another chapter written in the book of Acts. That's what I believe. Do we have anybody that would set themselves in agreement with what I'm saying today? And so... We said, and all of a sudden this just came out of her. She said they were, they were talking about it. They were talking about it. So if you go back a chapter to Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. Unity is very important. Strife will kill the anointing. Unity brings the anointing. That's why we got to come. Isn't it something that it seems like everything breaks loose on the way to church? Getting to church, getting dressed, getting your kids up. Get out of bed. How many times I got to tell you, get out of bed, get out of bed. We got to go to church. 
and everything seems to break loose on the way to church. Why? Because the devil wants to steal the spirit of unity that will steal the anointing. But they were in one place in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We see here that being filled with the Spirit... With the evidence of speaking in tongues. You can also find this in Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. Where when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, they had evidence of speaking with other tongues. Well, this was promised. They had been waiting on this promise. This was promised by Jesus that this would happen. And so this was being fulfilled after all these days after Jesus had ascended. So you could imagine the excitement of standing in faith and receiving what you've been standing for. And it says in verse 11, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So we see here that the first time That the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. We see here that the first time when the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells inside and fills mankind. That the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is declare the wonderful works of God. So apparently that's something pretty important. If that's the first thing. That the Holy Spirit does when he came to earth is declared the wonderful works of God. When I say declared, when I say came to earth, I'm talking about when he came to dwell inside. If you look over at. Of course, this created a, a stir. And the man thought. You know, outside thought all these people were drunk. And of course, Peter stood up in the boldness of the Holy Spirit and started preaching. And he started preaching Jesus to them. He started telling them that they need to repent and and be saved. Another sermon he he preached, be saved from this perverse generation. How many of you know that applies today? So if you skip down. In verse 40, it says, And when many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So the Holy Spirit declared the wonderful works of God. And 3,000 souls were added that day. Those, verse 42, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 46, 
So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. How how often were they doing this? Daily. I submit to you as Jesus returns, comes closer. We'll meet more, not less. It says, forsake not the assembly of yourselves all the more at, at the time. As the day approaches, all the more. And you will receive strength when you come to the house of God. I know sometimes you get, to, I heard somebody say, Wednesday night, boy, I see, th- this person said, well, I wasn't working, but when I started working, then I came on Wednesday night. I knew what people were talking about when they were dragging in from work. But you will receive strength to be able to go back to work. And so they were breaking bread daily, house to house. They ate their food with gladness, simplicity of the heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. The message translation tra- said people in general liked what they saw. I wonder today if people in general outside of these walls like what they see when we go out. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. And so they were getting together daily around the tables. And uh, daily, the Lord was adding to the church. They were meeting daily. They were breaking bread daily. They were praying daily together, fellowshipping, coming together. What do you think they were talking about? They weren't talking about the Cowboys and the Lions game, I can tell you that. They were talking about the wonderful works of God. That's what they were talking about daily. I mean, I, I went out uh, to lunch with the, with Pastor Thurman, his wife, Diane, and we were sitting there and pastor started talking about how he was in a Catherine Kuhlman meeting and how he, he wasn't sure about all this, but he was sitting up in the balcony and they brought a man in on a bed. The man was given just days. Was it days to live? And by the end of that service, that man not only sat up, but he got up and walked and ran and did, and people saw this. And, and just, the, just the, him talking about this, we could feel the presence of God at the table at Chili's. Talking about the wonderful works of God. God is a good God. He wants to pour out His Spirit. We live in the days of Joel chapter 2. Behold, I will pour out My Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, they'll prophesy. Young men will see dream dreams. Old men will see visions. That's the day that we live in. It's here. And so we need to begin to talk about the wonderful works of God. Now, pastor's been on a, a series in Revelation chapter, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. And he's been reading this as the base scripture for his past several week, re, weeks. And I'll read it to you. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And so we've been talking about the blood of the lamb. We've been talking about who we are in God. We've been talking about that. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're the head, not the tail above and not beneath. We are more than conquerors. And so that's what we've been talking about, about who we are in God. Because if you know who you are in God and you know what the blood of Jesus did for you, the blood of Jesus 
set us free. The blood of Jesus redeemed us. He used big words like propitiation. That's, the blood of Jesus was our, uh, by Jesus stripes, we are healed. So he broke his body, the blood. We talked about the covenant we have with God. We have a covenant with God. But it doesn't stop there. It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I wonder if there's anybody in here that has a testimony. You know, back when I was growing up, we'd go to church and on Sunday night, it was testimony night. And they'd set a, a, a mic stand up here. And, I, you know, first it would be the little old ladies that would lead us all. And they would come up with their little hankies. And they would wave them around because they were so excited about what God had just did. And, and they would have testimony time. And sometimes... There wouldn't be even time because the testimony time took the whole service because people were so thankful about what God had done in their life. I wonder today if we have lost some of that thankfulness about what God has done in our life. We got to go back and remember what he's done. Has he brought you out? I was at a church years ago and, uh, it was my brother-in-law as a pastor, and he had been trying to get me to come preach at his church. And I told him, no, no, no. And I told Nikki, if we go visit them and he asked me to preach, I'm going to preach this time. And so he did. He's like, you want to preach? I said, yes. It was on a Wednesday night. And uh, I said, well, what's Wednesday night like? He goes, oh, you know, we get in there and, and uh, you know, the people are pretty quiet. They don't they don't really respond very much. And and. You know, first of all, we ask for prayer requests and and then, you know, about 15 minutes, something like that. We pray for people and then we get into the message and, you know, just it's kind of a teaching night. They're kind of quiet. I said, okay. So we get in there and it was the battle of who had it worst. (laughs) Brother so-and-so, you got a prayer request? Yes, you know. I've been under these trials, you know. And then the next person said, yeah, like brother so-and-so, I've been under trials too, but my trials. And I thought, dear Jesus, I started praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm like, this is, this is how we're starting the service. So I get up and start talking about, uh, you know, how God is with you. He can deliver you. He doesn't want you to go through things. Jesus said in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if I've overcome the world and I live on the inside of you, guess what? And I said, in fact, he's a way maker. And I remember this song that uh, we had sang at, at our college University about the waymaker and it and it went. How do you know he's a waymaker? What has he done for you? Has he brought you out? And the and the choir would go, yes, <laughs> without a doubt. Yes. Has he saved your soul? Yes. Has he made you whole? Yes. Has he brought you through? Yes. When you didn't know what to do. He's a way maker. (laughs) And I'm telling you, the the presence of God filled that place. 
And people, and this, this woman was so overcome, she starts bursting out into, into tongues. And this was, I was young. I didn't know what to do with this. So, I mean, she started bursting out in the tongue. And I remember that when I'd seen this as a kid, you know, you grab the pulpit and you, and you close your eyes, you know. And, I, <laughs> and I'm talking about the presence of God filled this place. And it wasn't anything like the pastor had said. Why? Because we begin to declare the wondrous works of God. We begin to declare what God does, who He is, and what He's going to do. God's always ready to do a miracle. The question is, are we expecting? So this word, overcoming by the word of their testimony... The Amplified says, by the utterance of their testimony. In other words, something that is spoken. The word testimony means a record, a report, or evidence given a witness. That's why when you say, can I get a witness? That means there's evidence given. I'm going to speak this. There's evidence given. See, nobody can tell me that healing isn't for today. Because I have evidence. I have seen it. In my life personally, I have seen it when praying for other people. When I was just a young boy, 10, 11 years old, I remember sitting. Uh, it would have been back over on this side, I guess, you know, about three-fourths of the way back. And, and I had such a pain in my back. And that's not normal for a young boy to have pain where I couldn't even walk. And I remember that it hurt so bad that I had to get up. I was crying. I had to get up to walk out of church. Well, thank God for helps people who are praying in the Holy Spirit, who listen to the voice of God. And one of the elders got up, saw me crying, and I, and I left the sanctuary. And he said, hey, what's wrong? I said, this pain in my back, I, it's, it's so... I, I said, he goes, here, come over here and sit down. And so I, I sat down. Well, one of my legs was about that much shorter than the other. He said, look at your leg. It was like this. He said, now I'm going to pray. Do you believe God can heal you? Yes, sir. I believe God can heal me. He said, I'm going to pray. And we're going to believe God right now. Now, this man wasn't the pastor. This man wasn't on staff. He was just a believer. Jesus said, believers. In my name, believers will cast out devils. Believers will speak with new tongues. Believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Believers. Do we have any believers in here? I, I look over here to Miss Sandra. You know, we went to Africa together. We had a good time. And I remember from the start of this trip, you know, where everybody on the team is getting to know each other. And by the end of this trip, Miss, Miss Sandra, you should have seen her praying for people. I mean, she was a woman on fire praying for people. Hasha kamata. Hey, you know, laying hands on people. We were, we cast out devils. There were 150 youth filled with the Holy Spirit. There were signs and wonders and miracles. Why? Because believers. So I'm sitting in that chair and, and, uh, he's you know, He's got his hands on my feet like this. And he said, in the name of Jesus. And as soon as he said that name, I felt this warmth come all over my back and shoot all the way down my leg. And I felt my leg grow out. 
He said, look at your, look at your feet now. Look at them. And they were just like this. Well, before that we sat in that chair, I had remembered a time when I was younger than that. And my papa, who was a, who was an old, uh, old time church of God preacher. And he, for whatever reason, believed that I had a call on my life. And as a young boy, I don't know, I was probably seven years old. He, he had this thumb that he had hit with a hammer years ago and it was bruised. And, you know, it just never healed right. So it was, it, it stayed purple. And it had been that way for a long time. And even as a young boy, he said, son, I want you to, I want you to pray for my thumb. And as a young boy, I prayed, you know, kids, they just believe what you tell them. They need some unbelieving adult to tell them what they believe in isn't right. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. So, laid hands on his thumb. Within minutes, within minutes, that finger cleared up and it looked just like a normal thumb. Well, I remembered that as I had sat in that chair. And you recall some of these times where God has done something in your life. Well, my papa... Had, had faith in God, but also he had an expectancy that when Eric laid hands on him. Amen. Now, we shouldn't be about that we, you know, categorize, well, this person's and, th- and that one's not and all this. But when he was 80 years old, he had a heart attack and they had to do quadruple bypass surgery. And they, they called in all the family. They said, he's not going to make it through. Even if the surgery goes well, we still have to revitalize him, the heart and get it kickstarted again. Most of the time it doesn't. And so they called in all the family. The family was sitting in the hospital lobby making funeral plans. But Papa said, send Eric back there. <laughs> and so Nikki and I went back there and laid hands on him. Before the surgery. Well, however many hours later, the doctor came out and said, I've got good news. He made it through successfully. Everything got up. His vital signs are good. He's going to be okay. Well, Papa lived two more years and then one night just went to sleep and went on into heaven. See, that's the way somebody said, get well and then go. Isn't that right? Don't get sick and die. Get well. And then if you want to go, go. But that's the way he went. That's the way we ought to go. So nobody can tell me that healing isn't for today. Nobody. I'm sure you've got stories where God's healed you, where God's made a way for you. I'm sure you've got stories where God's restored something to you, where God has has, uh, brought you finances when you were in you know, dire need. We remember these times. Brother Ken Leffer did a chapel service for us here at the ministry. And he talked about this very thing. And, and to hear him talk about the word of our testimony, I mean, he goes deep. Today we're, today we're going this way. But he goes deep in talking about it. And I want to read one thing that he said that is so powerful. He said that The Jews believe that when they tell a testimony of what God did in the past, 
The same power that was released the first time to accomplish that testimony will be released again. When you tell about it with an expectancy of faith. And so it's like saying, God, do it again. That's what it's like saying, God, do it again. So when we tell the word of our testimony, the worlds were framed by a word. So when we tell the word of our testimony, when we give evidence to the fact that God is good, that God wants to prosper you, that God wants to bless you, that God wants to heal you. When we give evidence of this with an expectancy of faith, it is releasing power in the atmosphere to, to frame our world around us. Did you? Oh, man. It is releasing power to frame the world around us. So if you don't like what you see, then it's time that you begin to reframe your world. Take out that, that old frame from Walmart and go get one from Michael's and reframe. If you don't like it, reframe it with the word of testimony. Peter said, I want to stir you up. By way of remembrance, I want to stir you up by reminding you what the holy prophets have said. That this year is a year of marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. So I want to remind you of this. So you've got to stir yourself up by memory. It's a powerful thing. Memory is a powerful thing. So we put down the memories of failure... And we bring out the memories of what God has done. That's where they went wrong in Psalm 78. If you'll turn over there. Man, are y'all here this morning? I, I'm, I'm so fired up right now. Pastor got so fired up in Africa, he ran around the sanctuary. And being a good friend, I just followed him. I just ran with him. I wasn't going to let my pastor run by himself. Psalm 78, verse 4 says, We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord. Are you taking this home with you? Are you telling your kids what God has done in your life? Are you telling your grandkids? Are you passing down a heritage of the wondrous works of God? Brother Ken, I don't want to butcher your message. But, but I got to share this. The Jews don't have a linear calendar. Their calendar is circular. So that it kind of looks like it goes this way and up. Their calendar goes this way and up. And so what they believe is that when they tell a testimony that God did in the past, the same power that was released the first time to accomplish what it did will be released again. But this time, it's at another level because their calendar goes up. So when we release this testimony, that's what David did when he said, the God who delivered me from the lion. The God who delivered me from the bear. 
What was he doing? He was framing the world by faith with his testimony of what God had done in the past. And if God did it in the past, then God will do it again. That's what he was saying. And so what he brought out was that Goliath wasn't defeated when that stone was brought out. He was defeated when David began to recall the wondrous works of God. Isn't that so good? (laughs) So we got to stir ourselves up by way of memory. Nikki and I were in Russia with her dad. Her dad traveled to Russia and Ukraine since 1991. He's been going over there for years and years. And so we would go over there and there'd be times we do youth conferences and things like this. And and, uh, this time we went to a church with him uh, over in Siberia. And it was so cold. (laughs) How cold was it? Uh, it (laughs) it And I had on jeans that, you know, over there they sell jeans with fur on the flannel fur so the wind came it was minus whatever it was minus 30 it was cold that has absolutely nothing to do with anything but i'm just telling you (laughs) that god will send you to the uttermost parts of the world that's why i ran from god for years i was afraid of where he would send me in fact i said up in the upper balcony of chapel service at college. I ain't going down front when they call on. If you've got to call the Lord, come down. I'm not going down there because God asked me to go to Africa. Yeah. And I ain't going to Africa. Yeah. Well, when I, got, when I got close to God, guess what I wanted to do? Go to Africa. So much so that it burned inside of me where years ago, it was probably six or seven years ago, Nikki and I got up, I got up in front of the church and I declared, decreed it to our church. Nikki and I have in our heart to go to Africa. I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know when, but we're going to go to Africa. So this lady at church went and got us a book on Africa. So we started reading Africa and Nikki started uh, taking this, the Swahili language, start learning some of these. And I would hear her trying to do this and it was just, doesn't God have a sense of humor? I want to go to Africa. So anyway, we're in Russia now. And it's cold there. We established that. Well, uh, pastor was just preaching the word. Just preaching the word. And there's power in the word. There's healing in the word. The Bible says he sent his word to heal us. The Bible says that the word runs swiftly across the world. I've seen her dad pray for people over the phone and across the world. Get up out of hospital beds across the world. Why? Because the word of God runs swiftly. And so miracles were happening. Boom, boom, boom. This is the time we're in now. I'm believing for popcorn miracles to happen even while the word's being preached. And well, after, after the service, you know, you don't know until, but people start coming up after there's a guy, a deaf ear opened. There was a word of knowledge about a, a hurt big toe. God cares about the little things. 
But this lady came up and, and she was dragging her leg. And I told the story, but she was dragging her leg. She had a cane. She was dragging her leg like this, dragging her leg. And she came up for prayer. And Nikki's dad laid hands on him. And Nikki and I gathered around, laid hands on her. And he said, okay, come on, let's walk now. And so she took my arm and took his arm. And she's walking between us. And, and she's pick, trying to pick up her leg. And her, you know, her leg's just crooked and, and things like this. And so we're, we're walking. And about the third step, she picked up her leg. And the leg straightened out. And it came down solid just like this. And Nikki's standing watching right over here. And Nikki goes, ah! Ah! And so the lady takes another step and another step. And she pushes me out of the way. And she's got past her and now she's walking back and forth. And she walks all the way over to this side, pushes him out of the way. And now she's walking back and forth. Now the lady, whoo, now she's praising God. Nikki's praising God. Everybody's praising God. Because she had been like this for years. Well, all of a sudden, I look, I turn around and she's walking out of the sanctuary. I was like, oh, wait, 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 got to get a picture. You know, we got to document these things. Don't you know how miracles work? You know, <laughs> the next day, the place where we were meeting were four flights of stairs. She walked up all four flights of stairs to get to the meeting. So don't tell me God is not a healing God. Don't tell me it's not for today. For today. We've seen financial miracles. But God is still in the miracle working business. Why? Because he loves you so much. It's amazing when you begin to talk about the love of God. How the presence of God fills this room. When you begin to declare how much He loves us. Her dad was out of town one time. You know, we're just... I'm saying this not coming from... Well, you're, you're a minister. We were just, you know, business owner. You know, a wife, a mother. Believers. So don't put this into an exclusive category because Jesus said believers. Amen. So they were out of town one time and and we get a call that this young woman in our church who was pregnant that they couldn't detect a heartbeat and she was about, what, six months along at that time. So it wasn't just the early stages. She was six months along. They, they couldn't find a heartbeat. And so we go up to the hospital, lay hands on her in the name of Jesus. We speak life into this womb because that's what we do. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if we need something that's dead to come to life, we speak life to it. But if we need something that's alive to be dead, like you don't want cancer living in your body. So you speak death to that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we laid hands on her. You know, you don't know. We walked out. Praise God. We get a call about 20, 30 minutes later. Yeah, they got a heartbeat now. They got a heartbeat. Well, this this time goes by and 
now they had this little girl and I see this little girl running around the church and, and she's not two, three years old now. And this is, this was before we were, uh, you know, ordained in the ministry and things like this. And every time I saw the girl running around, I thought if it weren't for a believer that had faith in their God, they have faith in the God of the impossible. Then I, I'd have never seen I'd have never seen her manifested. But she was a walking testimony of what God can do. We serve the God of the impossible, and with Him all things are possible. And if you'll believe, that's what Jesus said to. Jairus, fear not, only believe. And we live in a world today that is cynical. We live in a world today that where people are negative. And if you allow the negativity of this world to get in on the inside of you, and you begin to speak those things rather than speak the things of God. Well, that's what happened in Psalm 78 with these... uh, It says... Verse 7, you know, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. Not forget the works of God. Not forget the works of God. See, there's something in our mind that we got to recall to stir up the things of God. So we remember what he's done. But if we forget and we begin to fill ourselves up with things that shouldn't be there, then that's what's going to come out. So that's why the Bible says we have to renew our minds To the things of God. Verse 8. And may they they not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that did not set its heart aright. And whose spirit was not faithful to God. And then in verse 12, it goes on to talk about all the miracles that God did. Marvelous things he did in their sight. But verse 11 says, but they forgot his works. So I stir you up. In remembrance today of what has God done for you? What has he done in your life? Now we're going to take 30 seconds right now. And I want you to turn to your neighbor. And I want you to tell them something God's done in your life. Go. Okay, time's up. Because that was so awkward, you're going to turn to your other neighbor and tell them something else God's done in your life. Go.
Okay. What were we doing? We were releasing into the atmosphere a testimony, evidence, proof of the marvelous works of God. Why? So that He will do it again. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and their life. What evidence do our words give and who are they testifying of? Some of y'all just went, oh, that hurt a little. What evidence do our words give and who are they testifying of? I went to a Thrive group. Nikki and I went to a Thrive group one time and they were talking about the book, uh, Oral Roberts' book, Ultimate Voice. And so people began to go around the room and tell, you know, it was talking about how some people talked about how they had heard the voice of God and didn't listen. And then what happened? And there were tears. Then other people talked about how they had heard the voice of God and obeyed and there were miracles. In fact, one lady shared how she had uh, seen a, a child hit by a car. Wasn't that what it was? A child was hit by a car. And then she went out and prayed for this child and the, and the child had been dead, but the child came back to life. Well, guess what happened? The presence of God filled the living room of that place. And it was like a good old-fashioned church service. And everybody was gathered in the middle of the service. We were laying hands on people. People were praying and crying. And, but we were all what? Encouraged. Fellowshipping. Talking about the wondrous works of God. Evidence. Psalms chapter one, Psalms one, uh, 27 verse 13 said, I would have lost heart. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many living people we got in here today? Well, guess what? I got good news for you. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So back to Acts chapter 3. I want to know. We'll we'll start to close here. Acts chapter 3. I want to know what Peter and John were talking about. The end of Acts chapter 2, we read that everyone was daily in fellowship, breaking bread, and that people liked what they saw. This was a daily time of fellowship and communion with God's people. And it said that a few days from then, Peter and John went up together to the temple. They went up together. Now there was this thing between Peter and John. You know, there were talks about, well, who's the greatest? And John's, you know, the disciple that Jesus loved. You know, and Peter was the one that was, you know, failed. 
He had denied him three times. And there, there was all this past stuff. In fact, Jesus said, told Peter the end of his days, and he said, well, what about him? But after the Holy Spirit fell on them, it says they went up together. So something changed here. So we got to put our differences aside and focus on commonality. Because it's time that the body of Christ come together in unity so that the anointing of God can change people's lives. It can destroy yokes. It can remove burdens. They went to the temple at the hour of prayer. I'm in Acts chapter 3. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. I believe it's the Amplified that says, no, verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him, Peter, with John. I got to imagine, now this is my imagination, so you can discard this if you want. But I got to think that on their way together to temple, to prayer, that they were doing what they had been doing daily in the Word, in prayer, daily communion, daily fellowship, talking the things of God. I got to believe Peter was, hey, John, don't you remember when we had just five loaves and two fish and Jesus said, you feed them? And there were 5,000 families there and somehow all these families got fed and then there were 12 baskets left over. Don't you remember that, John? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Pete, I remember. (laughs) remember, And and remember Jesus said, greater works will you do. Remember Jesus saying that? And how He promised us the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit would help us, guide us into truth. And, oh man, and then the Holy Spirit... Do you remember, Pete, when you gave that sermon and 3,000 people came came to Jesus? Oh, isn't it wonderful to live for God? There's no place like the house of God. There's nothing like the things of God. Oh, hey... Pete, let's pray in the Holy Ghost right now. As they're going to prayer. And so when they get there, and this guy fixing his eyes on them, see what he saw was light. He saw something different in them that other people were passing by, but it was something in them. That he fixed his eyes on them. Expecting to receive Something. And the boldness of the Holy Spirit rises up in Peter. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he pulls him up. And then what happened? They went walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God everywhere they went. And the, so much so that the leaders were like, hey, wasn't that the guy? Oh, yeah. What, the, what was this? Evidence of God's goodness, of God's nature, of God's love. It was evidence. And people liked it. 5,000 people 
got saved as Peter began to preach Jesus to them. It was evidence. What are we talking about? Well, Acts chapter 4. The story continues. And Peter stands up in verse 8. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen. The Holy Spirit is going to play a major role in bringing the body of Christ to a glorious church that it talks about. The Holy Spirit will play a major role in this. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. In other words, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to have a ministerial license. Do you believe? Has God done anything for you? That's it. Greater works will you do. Say this with me. Greater works will I do. Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. He has anointed me with power. And and the Bible says that he anointed Jesus with power and he went about doing good. So that's what we're to be about. We're to be about doing good. And the Bible says, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. We have the power by the Holy Spirit to break chains of bondage. Do y'all believe that? Yes, amen. Yes. Power. <laughs> so they, they perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men. And they marveled. Why? Because they realized they had been with Jesus. It's a big key right there. So, verse 18, they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. And Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you or not, we cannot but speak the name of Jesus. We cannot but speak the things that God has done. But I want you to notice that the first thing that the devil is going to try to do is to get you to shut up. I mean, be quiet. That's the first thing. They were just going around talking about Jesus, talking about the things he had done. But what the devil wants to do is shut your mouth. Because the power of the words of the testimony that's released, he knows. Do we know? But that's how we overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so they threatened them. Threats, threats, threats. That's all the devil can do is threaten you. A big roar with no bite. He's under our feet. He's a defeated foe. There's an old song. I went to the enemy's camp. 
And I took back what he stole from me. I took back what he stole from me. I took back from his Ha, ha, I went. <laughs> they, they begin to pray. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Verse 29. And grant to your servants boldness that we will speak your word. And so they prayed. The place where they were assembled together was shaken. And the whole place was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Chapter 5, verse 17. So they couldn't shut them up. And so the high priest rose up and all those who were with them, and they were filled with indignation, and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. So they finally put them in prison so they couldn't do what? Speak the name, speak the wondrous works. They couldn't tell the testimony. But watch what happened. But at night... An angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. You know, we have angels that hearken unto the voice of his word. Where's the word of God? It's in our mouth. You will meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. We have the backing of all of heaven. We have angels, ministering spirits that will go on our behalf. There's a, there's a movie. You see the trailer of it sometimes because it's an old movie. If, if you watch it, only watch it edited. But they, they trailer this one part where they say, where it's, uh, it's Kurt Russell. And he says... You tell them I'm coming. And something's coming with me. And, well, I started thinking about this, that we are backed by heaven. Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in the earth. Now you go. So we can say, you tell them I'm coming. And heaven's coming with me. You hear me? Heaven's coming with me. That's the backing that we have. Greater works will you do. Stand with me this morning. Did you get anything out of this today? It's time to be the church. To be It's time to be the church. It says that we are His church. Jesus is the head of the church, which is His body. So we are His church. It's time to be the glorious church that Jesus is coming back for. What if that's the only thing? What if that's the only thing that He's waiting for? What if, it, what if it's not us waiting on Him, it's Him waiting on us? Him waiting on us to do what? To be the glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. To be His body. To be His hands. To be His feet. 
Because if we will be, then all this other stuff will take. If we will be who God's called us to be, I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. There's hope today. There's victory today. There's freedom today. Let's just, Father, we just thank you today. Father, I thank you. You've encouraged us today. Lord, I thank you that you've strengthened your people today. I thank you you've strengthened your body. Lord, I thank you that, Holy Spirit, we ask you to bring to remembrance the things that God has done in our life. We ask you to bring to remembrance those things. If you're in need of a miracle this morning, raise your hand. If you're in need of a miracle, you need a miracle in your life, raise your hand. You need a miracle. Father, we loose your miracle working power right now to flow throughout your people. Lord, especially in the area of finances, Father, You are the God that supplies. And Lord, I thank you right now that right now, angels are going to get that money right now to bring it to us. In fact, we lose angels right now to get the money and bring it to me. In Jesus' name. Lord, we speak healing virtue over everybody. I command hips to be healed in Jesus' name. I speak strength to joints in Jesus' name. I speak strength to ligaments in Jesus' name. I speak strength to backs in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the working of miracles right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that those things which are separated will come together. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you today for your mercy. We thank you for your grace today. That's sufficient for us. We thank you for your love. And Father, we thank you for who you are. Marvels, wonders, extraordinary manifestations. Lord, because of your great love. Lord, we just pray over every child, grandchild that's backslidden. We pray over every prodigal. Lord, we lose laborers right now that will speak a word to them. 
Father, we pray that you visit them in the night. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, Well, give the Lord a shout this morning.